0: At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. I'm on a one-man campaign here today to convince you that the glass is more than half full. We're going to fix our problems because we've done that throughout recorded history. We have a lot of reason to be optimistic about the future. We're living in the best time to be alive in human history, and... You got no no evidence to be a pessimist for the rest of your life and I'm going to spend the next hour trying to point that out as clearly as I can. I'm quoting from an article that appeared in the Motley Fool back in way back in 2014. If you're alive in 2014, I guess this makes sense for you. Anyway, it was called the 50 greatest reasons why we're living. I'm sorry, 50 Reasons Why We're Living Through the Greatest Period in World History by a fellow by the name of Morgan Housel. This is one of my favorite all-time pieces about being an optimist and the future. Here we go. 50 reasons, folks. Number one, U.S. life expectancy at birth was 39 years in 1800, 49 years in 1900, and 68 years in 1950. Oh yeah, and today it's 79. Let me say that again. 39 years in 1849 years in 1968 years in 1950 79 years today. That's progress and more progress more rapidly the closer we get to today. <clears throat> the average newborn today can expect to live an entire generation longer than his great-grandparents could. <clears throat> Number two, a flu pandemic in 1918 affected infected 500 million people and killed as many as 100 million people. In his book, The Great Influenza, John Barry described the illness as if someone were hammering a wedge into your skull just behind the eyes and body aches so intense, they felt like bones breaking. Today, you can go to Safeway and get a flu shot. It costs 15 bucks. You might feel a little poke. That was 2014, so maybe it's 30 bucks these days, folks, but if you need it. Number three, in 1950, 23 people per 100,000 Americans died each year in traffic accidents, according to the Census Bureau. That fell to 11 people per 100,000 by 2009. 23 people in 1950, 11 people in 2009. If the traffic mortality rate had not declined... 37,800 more Americans would have died last year than actually did. In the time it will take you to read this article, one American is alive who would have died in a car accident 60 years ago. Larger population, better percentages, progress. In 1949, Popular Mechanics magazine made the bold prediction that someday a computer would weigh less than one ton. I wrote this sentence on an iPad that weighs 0.73 pounds. Uh Uh-huh. Number five, the average American now retires at age 62. By the way, that might be related to the fact that you can start to collect Social Security at 62. But anyway, I'll say that again. The average American now retires at age 62 100 years ago the American average American died at age 51. Okay? Enjoy your golden years. Your ancestors didn't get any of them. Progress. Better quality of life. <clears throat> in his number 6, in his 1770s book The Wealth of Nations, Adam 1770s folks Adam Smith wrote, It is not uncommon in the highlands of Scotland for a mother who has born 20 children not to have two alive. Let me say that again. Okay. It is not uncommon in the highlands of Scotland for a mother who has born 20 children not to have two alive. Infant mortality in America has dropped from 58 per 1,000 births in 1933 to less than six per 100,000 births in 2010. We call that progress, folks. There are a bunch of people walking around these days that wouldn't have been a few years ago. Thank you very much. One of those might be me. Number seven. Oh well, I'm sorry, we got more to this, and I apologize here. Pardon my page turning, folks. Let's see. There are about 11,000 births in America each day. So this improvement means that more than 200,000 infants now survive each year who, would have, who wouldn't have 80 years ago. That's like adding a city the size of Boise, Idaho every year. Hopefully a bunch of those people in that group can save the world and do some wonderful things. Number seven, <clears throat> America averaged 20,919 murders per year in the 1990s, and 16,200 per year in the 2000s. According to the FBI, if the murder rate had not fallen, 47,000 more Americans would have been killed in the last decade than actually were. But that's more, and by the way, that's more than the population of Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay. That's progress, folks. No, yes, we should go further, and it should be zero, but the world's not perfect, but we're making progress. Number eight, despite a surge in airline travel, there were half as many fatal plane crash accidents in 2012 than there were in 1960, according to the Aviation Safety Network. I'm told that traveling in a plane is... Safer than riding, driving a car, probably driving a boat, or maybe walking around the neighborhood. I'm not sure about the last one. Anyway, progress, folks. Safety progress. Human safety. Number nine. No one has died from a new nuclear weapon attack since 1945. Let me read that again. No one has died from a new nuclear weapon attack since 1945. If you went back to 1950... And ask the world's smartest political scientists, they would have told you the odds of seeing that happen would be close to zero. You don't have to be very imaginative to think that the most important news story of the past 70 years is that it didn't happen. Flash, we haven't had a nuclear war. Put that right in the news tomorrow morning. Now it probably won't show up. Number 10, people worry that the U.S. economy will end up stagnant like Japan's. And I'm worrying that right now. By the way, this is an article in 2014, folks. Okay, next time you hear that, remember that unemployment in Japan hasn't been above 5.6% in the past 25 years. Its government corruption ranking has consistently improved. Income per capita adjusted for purchasing power have grown at a decent rate and life expectancy has risen by nearly five years. I can think of worse scenarios. Number 11, 2% of American homes had electricity in 1900. This is amazing. J.P. Morgan, the man, was one of the first to install electricity in his home, and it required a private power plant on his (laughs) property. Even by 1950, close to 30% of American homes didn't have electricity. That, that is a mind-blowing number. By 1950, close to 30% of American homes didn't have electricity. It wasn't until the 1970s that virtually all homes were powered. Adjusted for wage growth, electricity cost more than 10 times as much in 1900 as it does today, according to Professor Julian Simon. That's interesting because here we are, what, eight years from 2014 talking about some electricity rates because of a variety of things, and everything is relative, folks. Let me say this one more time. Adjusted for wage growth through 2014, okay? Electricity cost more than ten times as much in 1900 as it does today, or one tenth, according to. We do it the other way. Already, number twelve. <clears throat> according to the Federal Reserve, the number of lifetime years spent in leisure. Oh, I love this measurement. Leisure retirement. Okay. By the way, that's. Let me start that again, folks. I had to turn a page here. According to the Federal Reserve, the number of lifetime years spent in leisure, that would be retirement plus time off during your working years, rose from 11 years in 1870 to 35 years in 1990. Given the rise in life expectancy, it's probably close to 40 years today. Let's see. So in 1870... He had maybe 11 years of retirement or leisure, and in 1990, it was 35 years. I'm thinking we're better off and we have more leisure time. The average American spends nearly half his life in leisure. If you had told this to the average American 100 years ago, that person would have considered you wealthy beyond imagination. Think about that, folks. Okay. Number 13. We are having a national discussion about whether $7.25 per hour minimum wage is too low. Boy, doesn't this sound familiar? Deja vu all over again every year here. But even adjusted for inflation, the minimum wage was less than $4 per hour as recently as the late 1940s. The top 1% have captured most of the wage growth over the past three de- decades, but nearly everyone has grown richer, much richer, during the past seven decades. If you had to pick being poor, folks, you probably want to be poor today versus a 10, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or 1,000 years ago. And I'm not don't take it the wrong way other than everything is relative and we're making progress never as much as a bunch of people want and never as quickly if you look back there's a whole lot of evidence that suggests that we're working on it and we're doing okay <clears throat> number 14 in 1952 this is I'm going to lose it here <clears throat> in 1952 38,000 people contracted polio in America alone, according to the Centers for Disease Control. In 2012, there were fewer than 300 reported cases of polio in the entire world. Thank you. I knew three or four people in high school that had that. Number 15. From 1920 to 1949, an average of 433,000 people died each year globally from extreme weather events. This sounds like deja vu all over again with what's going on with our climate here these days, folks. Once again, let me say that again. Okay, from 1920 to 1949, an average of 433,000 people died each year globally from extreme weather events. That figure has plunged to 27,500 per year. According to the International Policy Network, largely thanks to increases in society's collective adaptive abilities or learning, 433,000 a year to 27,000 a year across the planet from extreme weather events. Yes, we get all kinds of coverage on all kinds of weather events, and we just lose that perspective, folks. It's got to be perfect. We can't have any deaths. It's never going to be perfect, folks, But as long as we're working on it and making it better. <clears throat> Number 16, worldwide deaths from battle. Oh, here's, a, here's another one. From battle have plunged from 300 per 100,000 during World War II to the low teens during the 1970s to less than 10 in the 1980s to fewer than one in the 21st century, according to Harvard professor Steven Pinker. War really is going out of style. And yes, I know we have a war going on, and it's nobody should die in a war, but we get reports of 10 people dying or three people dying or 60 people dying. Let me read this whole section again. Worldwide deaths from battle have plunged from 300 per 100,000 people during World War II to, to the low teens during the 1970s to less than 10 in the 1980s to fewer than one in the 21st century, according to Harvard professor Steven Pinker. War is really going out of style. Please think about that, folks. Just think about that. Number 17, we're making progress. It's okay to think about the future. Number 17, median household income adjusted for inflation was around $25,000 per year during the 1950s. It's nearly double that amount today. I said adjusted for inflation. Okay, we have false nostalgia about the prosperity of the 1950s Because our definition of what counts as middle class has been inflated. Okay, See the 34% rise in the size of the median American home in just the past 25 years. If you dig into how the average prosperous American family lived in the 1950s, I think you'll find a standard of living we call poverty today. I love that. Let me read that one more time. The median household income adjusted for inflation, adjusted for inflation, again, was around $25,000 per year during the 1950s. It's nearly double that today. We have false nostalgia about the prosperity of the 1950s because our definition of what counts as middle class has been inflated see the 34% rise in the size of the median American home in just the past 25 years. If you dig into how the average, prosperous American family lived in the 1950s, I think you'd find a standard of living we call poverty today. Number 18. Reported rapes per 100,000 Americans dropped from 42.3 in 1991 to 27.5 in 2010, according to the FBI. Robbery has dropped from 272 per 100,000 in 1991 to 119 in 2010. There were nearly 4 million fewer property crimes in 2010 than there were in 1991 which is amazing when you consider the U.S. population grew by 60 million during that time. Folks, we're making progress. Maybe never as fast, okay, or as effectively as you like, but we're making progress. 19, according to the Census Bureau, only one in 10 American homes had an air conditioner in 1960. Okay. That rose to 49% in 1973 and 89% today. That 11% that that don't are mostly in cold climates. Simple improvements like this have changed our lives and in immeasurable ways. Yes, as a part-time Florida resident, I'm all for air conditioning. I wish to report. Think about that, okay? It's, oh, and every home should have one these days, and pretty much they do. Okay, number 20. I'm reading from a list of the 50 reasons why we're living in the greatest time in history, folks, an article from The uh, Motley Fool back in 2014, and it's still timely. Number 20, almost no homes had a refrigerator in 1900. Oh my God, what the heck do you do if you don't have a refrigerator, right? Holy moly. And if there wasn't one in the supermarket, almost no homes had a refrigerator in '90. I guess you do ice. 1900, according to Frederick Lewis, Allen's The Big Change, let alone a car. Today, they sell cars with refrigerators in them. I haven't got one of those yet, but who knows? Number 21, adjusted for overall inflation... The cost of an average round-trip airline ticket fell 50% from 1978 to 2011, according to Airlines for America. Number 22, according to the Census Bureau, the average new home now has more bathrooms than occupants. Very interesting. Let me read that one more time. I think that's a cool statistic. According to the Census Bureau, the average new home now has more bathrooms than occupants. I could make a comment about having more girls than boys in a family, and that could be a problem, but I'm just going to leave that alone here. (laughs) Number 23, according to the Census Bureau, in 1900, there was one housing unit for every five Americans. Okay. Today, there's one for every three. In 1910, the average home had 1.13 occupants per room, By 1997, it was down to 0.42 occupants per room. Where does stuff like this show up in the news, folks? Okay, let me just read that again. Okay, let's see. In 1900, there was one housing unit for every five Americans... Today, there's one for every three. Yeah, we have a housing shortage, but I guess we're making some strides. Let's see. We always have a housing shortage, but we've always been making some strides. And this is a cool one. Okay. In 1910, the average home had 1.13 occupants per room. Okay. In 1997, it was down to 0.42. We have more space, folks. We have bigger homes. Hello. According to Professor Julian Simon, number 24... According to Professor Julian Simon, the average American house or apartment is twice as large as the average apartment or house in Japan, and three times larger than the average home or apartment in Russia. Hmm. Pick one, being born at the time, place, and date of your birth, or at any other time in U.S. history. I wouldn't be voting for Russia if I was to make a choice myself either. Anyway, that, that's pretty amazing. Okay, we've got about another couple minutes. About a minute? Yeah, one minute. Super. All right, I'm going to read. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. All right, number 25. Relative to hourly wages, the cost of an average new car has fallen fourfold since 1915, according to Professor Julian Simon. By the way, average cost of a car, a new car in America is 36, dollars 37000 bucks, I think, right now. But relative to hourly rages, they didn't report the hourly rages went up, the cost of an average new car has fallen fourfold since 1915. Okay, I've got a lot more good news for you folks. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and we're talking optimism today, folks. A little different show than normal. The the good news is that the world solves its problems if you look back in history. As a, a species, humans have a negative bias about things, and we get a lot more depressed about mad, bad news and bad things than we get excited about good news and good things. We don't think the world's in a very good place. We don't think it's going in a very good direction, and nobody's happy. There's the other side of that story, and there's some perspective that I think people, if they actually looked back in history, and if the news actually reported good stuff that happened from time to time we might have a little bit more balanced approach about thinking about the state of the country the world our community or ourselves so anyway i'm a one man the glass is more than half full kind of a person and i'm going to go through a list of wonderful things and things that have been happening in an attempt to prove that we're in a better place and i'm reading from an article that's called 50 reasons why we're living through the greatest period in human history. And there's just a whole bunch of good news about a variety of different things that that speak to progress here. So here we go. Number 26. Geez, I guess I I might finish this list. I've got seven more things I have to go through here, but I guess I'm not going to make it. Google Maps is free. If you think about this for a few moments, it's really astounding. It's probably the single most useful piece of software Ever invented and it's free for anyone to use. I can't, I probably use Google Maps three or four times a week and it's pretty amazing when you start thinking about that. Oh, where does my friend live? Oh, we push the button here. We'll see how that goes. Number 27, high school graduation rates are at a 40 year high according to Education Week. Number 28, the death rate from strokes has declined by 75% since the 1960s, according to the National Institutes of Health. <clears throat> death from heart attacks has plunged, too. If the, heart attack, if the heart attack survival had not declined since 1960s, the number of Americans dying each year from heart disease would be more than a million higher than it is currently. I can personally speak to that stuff, folks. It's good to have progress. Number 29, in 1900, African-Americans had an illiteracy rate of nearly 45%, according to the Census Bureau. Today, it's statistically close to zero. Number 30, people talk about how expensive college is today, but a century ago, fewer than one in 20 Americans ever stepped foot in a university. College wasn't an option at any price for some minorities because of segregation just six decades ago. Yeah, we talk about how expensive it is, but there's a whole lot more people going, so maybe we forget the other side of that. Number 31, the average American work week has declined from 66 hours in 1850 to 51 hours in 1909 to 38 I'm sorry to 34.8 hours today according to the federal reserve enjoy your weekend <clears throat> let's see living in 1850 you work 66 hours a week let's see i wonder if that was five or six maybe it was six days that's still a whole lot of hours folks number 32 Incomes have grown so much faster than food prices that the average American household now spends less than half as much of its income on food as it did in the 1950s, okay? This is a perfect, we complain about the here and now because we don't have a perspective about how it's been. One more time, okay, the average American household now spends less than half as much of its income on food as it did in the 1950s. Relative to wages, the price of food has declined more than 90% since the 19th century, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Number 33, as of March 2013, there were 899 million millionaire households in the U.S., according to the Spectrum Group. Put them together, and they would make the largest city in the country and the 18th largest city in the world, just behind Tokyo. We talk a lot about wealth concentration in the United States, but it's just not at the just at the very top anymore and has done well. Number 34, More than 40% of adults smoked in 1965, according to the Centers for Disease Control. By 2011, 19% did. Number 35. In 1900, 44% of all American jobs were in farming. Today, around 2% are. That's a staggering statistic when you think about that. And here we have... Farm jobs going down and food prices going down at the same time. Kind of hard to think about that. In 1900, 44% of all American jobs were in farming. Today, it's around 2%. We've become so efficient at the basic need of feeding ourselves that nearly half the population can now work on other stuff. Number 36, one of the reasons Social Security and Medicare are underfunded... Is that the average American is living longer than ever? I think this is literally the best problem to have. Can't argue with that. <clears throat> Number 37. In 1940, less than 5% of the adult population held a bachelor's degree or higher. By 2012, more than 30% did, according to the Census Bureau. Education, the key to everything, folks. Number 38. United States oil production in September this is in September this is 2014 was the highest it's been since 1989 and growth shows no sign of slowing we produced 57% more oil in America in September 2013 I'm sorry in September 2013 than we did in September 2007 The International Energy Agency projects that Americans will be the world's largest oil producer as soon as 2015. I think we actually have been for quite some time, folks. And uh, you can badmouth carbon fuels, but you're probably burning them and living on electricity right now. So let's try to be reasonable here. Yeah, we're trying to fix these things, and it's moving along, but don't go badmouthing oil or just pull up to the gas pump and pay. Number 39, the average American car got 13 miles per gallon in 1975 and more than 26 miles per gallon in 2013, according to the Energy Protection Agency. This has an effect identical to cutting the cost of gasoline in half. Yep, makes sense. Number 40, annual inflation in the United States hasn't been above 10% since 1981. And by the way, that's still true today, even with all this excitement. Let's see. And it's been below 5% in 77% of the years over the past seven decades. When you consider all the hatred directed towards the Federal Reserve, this is astounding. And when you take a look at countries like Venezuela and the ridiculous runaway inflation that a whole lot of emerging countries have, you know... We can complain, but everything is relative, folks. <clears throat> Number 41, the percentage of Americans age 65 and older who live in poverty has dropped from nearly 30% in 1966 to less than 10% by 2010. For the elderly, the war on the poverty has pretty much been won. 42, adjusted for inflation, the average monthly social security benefit for retirees has increased from $378 in 1940 to 1277 by 2010. What used to be a safety net is now a proper pension. Okay, let me say this again. Okay, social security benefits have gone adjusted for inflation, folks. This is the biggie, adjusted for inflation they've gone from 378 less than 400 to 1277 almost 400 to 1277 more than 1200 that is basically three times more after inflation okay and yeah we complained about social security payments but they're a whole lot better than they were adjusted a long time ago <clears throat> if you think americans number 43 if you think americans aren't prepared for retirement You should have seen what it was like a century ago. Perspective here, folks. We need perspective. In 1900, 65% of men over age 65 were still in the labor force. By 2010, that figure was down to 22%. The entire concept of retirement is unique to the past few decades. Half a century ago, Americans worked until they died. Yeah, we got it tough, folks. <clears throat> number 44. From 1920 to 1980, an average of 395 people per 100,000 died from famine worldwide each decade. During the 20,000s, that fell to three per 100,000 from famine. What was the first number? Okay. 395 to three. Yep progress, folks. The cost of solar panels, number 45, the cost of solar panels has declined by 75% since 2008, according to the Department of Energy. Last I checked, the sun is offering its services for free. (laughs) Number 46, as recently as 1950, nearly 40% of all American phones didn't have a telephone. Today, there are 500 million internet connected device in America, or enough for five point seven per household, okay, so we have almost six devices per household okay that that are the equivalent and more so of a telephone in everybody 's home today, and only forty percent of Americans didn 't have a phone a long time ago. phew. Okay, according to AT&T, this is number 47, a three-minute phone call from New York to San Francisco cost $341 in 1915 and $12.60 in 1960, adjusted for inflation. Today, Republic Wireless offers unlimited Talk, text, and data for $5 a month. (laughs) $341 for phone call in 1915, $12.66 in 1960, and for $5 a month, you can call any place, anywhere, anytime. Yep, yep, progress, folks. All right, we're getting close to the end here. Number 48, in 1990, the American auto industry produced 7.15 vehicles per auto employee. In 2010, it produced 11.2 vehicles per employee. Manufacturing efficiency has improved dramatically. One of the wonderful causes of our progress is efficiency in many things has dramatically improved. Technology, people, education, you name it. Number 49, you need an annual income. Oh, This is a powerful one, folks. You need an annual income of $34,000 a year. To be in the richest 1% of the world, according to the World Bank economist Branko Millianvik's 2010 book, The Haves and the Have-Nots. To be in the top half of the globe, you need to earn $1,225 a year. For the top 25%, it's $5,000 per year. Enter the top 10% with $12,000 a year. To be included in the top one-tenth of 1% in the world, this is 2014, folks. Let me say this very carefully. To be included in the top 0.1%, one-tenth of 1% of annual income in the world, you need to earn $70,000. America's poorest are some of the world's richest. Think about that, folks. That is That's an astounding number. We talk about income equality, but we don't have much of a perspective. If you think it's bad here, we don't have much of a perspective in some other places. And it's not bad here. Number 50, last and least, not least, only 4% of humans get to live in America. Odds are you're one of them. We've got it made. Be thankful. Okay, folks, that was an article called 50 reasons why we're living through the greatest period in the history of the world. And again, I've been on a one-man campaign for the last couple hours to... Just maybe suggest that we're going to be okay and the problems that we have, we're going to try to solve most of them like we've done in history. And maybe you should be happy about the life that you have because compared to what it was even 15 or 20 or 50 years ago, I'm thinking we're in pretty good shape. So you have a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the future and happy with your life. And in case you're forgetting that, I'm trying to spend some time pointing that out here this morning. Okay, let's see. Oh, okay, here's... Am I going to do this one? Yeah, let's do this one. Okay, a brief history of Public health, okay, and this is from the Boston University Masters in Public Health website, okay, and it's called 20th Century Public Health Achievements. And I'll just read these quickly, but they certainly make some statements about the quality of our lives. Vaccination to reduce epidemic diseases at the beginning of the 20th century. Infectious diseases such as smallpox, measles, diphtheria, and pertussis were widely prevalent. Today there were few since there were few effective measures available, death tolls were high. Both the development and promotion of vaccinations against preventable diseases has resulted in dramatic declines in morbidity and mortality and even results in eradication of smallpox. Number two, improved motor vehicle safety. Since 1925, there has been a 90% decrease in the annual death rate due to motor vehicle travel. By the way, that would be with a whopping increase in population as well. Remember that. Okay. This is particularly impressive given the number of motor vehicles drivers and miles traveled in motor vehicles have increased dramatically since then. Some of the biggest interventions include regulations developed and enforced regarding safety belts, alcohol-impaired drivers, young drivers, pedestrians, and child safety and booster seats. Folks, We see these problems, we work on them. It takes some time. It goes more slowly than you like. We get all upset about some things because we're in the now. But if we had a little more perspective, we just might feel a little bit differently about ourselves in the future. Safer workplaces. Data from the CDC's National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. Okay, uh... Indicate that the annual number of work-related deaths decreased 28% from 1980 to 1995, with a 43% decrease in occupational injuries during the same time. Okay, I'm sure that the other numbers as we get closer are probably even better. Control of infectious diseases. The leading causes of death in 1900 were pneumonia, tuberculosis, and diarrhea, and enteritis, whereas in 1997, 4.5% of the deaths were attributable to pneumonia, influenza, and HIV infections. Sanitation and hygiene, vaccination, and antibiotics are among the control measures responsible for this marked decrease. Who knew handwashing could be so powerful? Decline in death from cardiovascular disease. While deaths due to infectious while deaths due to infectious disease have gone down dramatically, heart disease has been the leading cause of death for most of the twentieth century. Since nineteen fifty, age adjusted death rates for cardiovascular disease have been cut by more than half. Some of the key public health factors contributing to this decline include the decline in tobacco use, changes in US diet and better early detection and treatment of those at risk for cardiovascular disease. We get smart, we have progress, we get education. Food safety. Contaminated food and water resulted in many foodborne infections in the early 20th century. Advances such as refrigeration, pasteurization. Pest control, animal control, and food safety regulations that promoted better hygiene and sanitation practices all contribute to the decreases in foodborne infections. Improvements in material and child health. Childbirth used to come with great risk to many mothers and infants. Over the span of the century, the infant mortality rate declined greater than 90 percent and the maternal mortality rate declined almost 99 percent improvements in nutrition standards of living access to health care and surveillance and monitoring of disease contributed to reducing the risk to mothers and infants pretty powerful stuff family planning Better family planning interventions have resulted in longer intervals between births and smaller family sizes, both of which have been associated with improved maternal and child health outcomes. If you had 20 kids and you had two left in the Scottish Highlands way back a long time ago, that was in an earlier section here today, you had to have 20 kids to keep two. If you can have three and still have three alive, that's a pretty dramatic process. We're thankful every time a new baby is born, but maybe we don't know how thankful we should be. Let's see here. Fluoridation of drinking water. Here we go. At the beginning of the century, extensive dental caries was common in the U.S. with tooth extraction being the main treatment option available. Several studies have suggested that water fluoridation has contributed to the reduction in dental caries when compared to communities without fluoridated water. Okay, I'm good with that. Reduction in previous tobacco use. Smoking has been associated with a number of morbidities, including cardiovascular disease, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases, and low birth weight. According to the CDC, it is the leading preventable cause of death and disability in the United States. Due to massive public health efforts that include smoking cessation interventions and regulation of the purchases and use of tobacco, there have been substantial reductions in smoking. Okay, I think, do I have any more of these? Let me check here. Nope. Okay, hey, folks, so there's a few more examples of just exactly why we're a bit better off than we've ever been before, if you took a careful look back and checked out history. Okay, the last place I'm going, and I'm not going to have time to get through all of this, but... That's a good thing because I have so much good news. I guess that's a problem to have. Okay, this is an article and it's called, it's from a website called A Wealth of Common Sense, okay? And it's written by a fellow by the name of Ben Carlson and it's called 50 Ways the World is Getting Better. And this is a good way to chew up the last few minutes of the show because I'll never get through all of them but maybe I'll try to cherry pick a few of them as we go along here. So here's where we go. <clears throat> Over the past 20, years. Now, this article was written in, where am I here now? 2018. Okay. Over the past 20 years, the proportion of people living in extreme poverty has almost been cut in half. That's just in 20 years, folks. Number two, just 200 years ago, 85% of the world population lived in extreme poverty. 20 years ago, it was 29%. Today, only 9% live in extreme poverty, while the majority of people, 75% around the globe, live in middle-income countries. Number three, in 1997, 42% of the population of both India and China were living in extreme poverty. By 2017, that share had dropped to 12% in India and less than 1% in China. That means almost three-quarters of a billion fewer people are living in extreme poverty in these two countries than were just 20 years earlier. I'll bet you didn't know that. Number four, in 1800, all babies who were ever born, roughly half died during their life expectancy was just 30 years and no country had a life expectancy above 40. Life expectancy at birth was only 45 years in 1870. The average life expectancy around the world today is 72. Let's see here. Number five, violent crime rate has been on a downward trend since 1990 in the US. Just under 14.5 million crimes were reported in 1990. By 2016, that figure was well under 9.5 million. Number six, the number of deaths from natural disasters is 25% of what it was 100 years ago. Number seven, flying has gotten 2,100 times safer over the past 70 years. 2016 was the second safest year in aviation history. The odds of being fatally injured in a plane crash are 0.1%. One, two, three, four zeros and a 0.25%. I don't even know what that means, but it's little. 0.000025%. That's a good news. I'm getting on a plane in about a week or so. I'm feeling good. <clears throat> Number eight, the real price of plane, plane travel in the U.S. has fallen by more than half since the 1970s. Number nine, between the late Middle Ages and the 20th century, European countries saw a tenfold to 50fold decline in their rates of homicide. Number 10, the share of homes that had electricity in 1870 was exactly zero. Today, the proportion of people with electricity is 85 percent. I think that's a worldwide statistic, by the way. But I'm not sure. <clears throat> in 1905, a Vermont doctor and his chauffeur were the first to successfully drive a car across the country from San Francisco to New York. It took them 63 days. Today, you could fly across in a matter of hours while using your wireless Internet. There you go. Vermont doctor and his chauffeur. He probably did most of the driving. we the first to successfully drive a car across the country from San Francisco to New York. Yep, took 63 days. <laughs> you can probably do that. Are we getting, we're just about out of time? Okay, I have to leave? I hate to do that. Folks, I, here's the message here, folks. The world's going to be okay. You should be happy about the life that you have. No, we don't fix our problems as fast as we like, but there's a whole lot of good news out there, and I think you have reason to be happy about the future.